Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the R&D department. I am your host Daniel Brent. As always, please check out our website www.brentlawgroup.com. Check out Facebook facebook.com/brentlawgroup and twitter.com/brentlawgroup. So, what we're talking about this week is getting a bit away from just presidential politics, talking about quite a few things, a little bit of talk about the civil suit against Roger Ailes going on after his dismissal, and some rather heated talk from two prominent female and some would say feminist attorneys regarding the suit. Um, Susan Estrich, who is actually representing Roger Ailes, literally wrote the book on rape prosecution and rape law reform, uh, represented Anita Hill uh, of fame during the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings. Um, Gloria Allred had some choice words for both Mr. Ailes and Ms. Estrich that I think are worth reading into uh, a lot of stuff on the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and um, Washington Post about that. Uh, no Olympic talk, because neither one of us really cares about the Olympics. We might go into that a little later. Um, our old favorite topic of ISIS and how to combat ISIS. Um, a little Trump talk, and, you know, we kind of wrap things up. We talk a little bit about movies, TV, and... Uh, not going to lie, some uh, consumer product reviews. But once again, check us out, www.brentlawgroup.com. Look up Julia on the Hawaii bar for your veterans' law needs. Uh, You know, look up the Brent Law Group. Look, we're a Michigan-based, Detroit-based law firm, and we provide full service where the attorneys actually do the specialization. But you know, enjoy the show. Uh, I'm really happy with this one because we were able to cover a wide range of topics, and I think you're going to find it interesting. So, I'm going to say we have an hour. That's cool. I, I would say the same thing. I have a lawn to mow, and I have a clothesline to put up. Because our doggy's having a play date. Oh, who's your doggy playing with? Um, somebody from my husband's work. Um, and his wife are bringing their dog over. Cause isn't your husband's work the United States Army? Yeah. <laughs> Just weird for you to say, you know, his work. Well, it is work though. <laughs> you know, he goes to the office. I know that sounds weird, but. No, I mean I. I know not everyone is slinging 100-pound packs on their back every day. He's a engineer, right? He was a geospatial analyst. He is now... Oh, God. Um, the... Uh, I can't even remember the job title. But um, they're responsible for maintaining um, the system's... Well, training and other people and maintaining the systems that uh, jam radio signals. Cool. Yeah. All, all that stuff that we're way behind the Russians on? No, we're not. 
Well, according, we, according to the Ukrainians and uh, military intelligence, we are. Uh, well, you know, part of the problem is he can't do his job in country. Literally. I don't, I don't know if that's too much of a problem. Well, it is when they have to go out and do the job later. Just a bit. I'm sure Israel would let them test <clears throat> it on the Gaza Strip. Oh, my good God in heaven. Um, okay, so I have went and lived and survived to tell the tale that Nashville is like an ungodly cesspool of debauchery. And it's, oh, it's Memphis is way better. Amazingly better. fun. Memphis is way better in my opinion, but continue. I just, I'm just saying, Nashville is a lot of fun. It is. It's really crazy, though. What did you do in Nashville? Um, originally, we were just, like, going to go um, meet up with uh, some friends from Michigan who are, like, you know, driving cross-country. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were in Nashville yesterday, and we were going to meet up for lunch and maybe have a couple drinks, and that was it. We didn't get home till 2 30. That would be yeah. That's when they sent me a, a text last night. No, Thank I you, actually was still out. I, we were still out when I sent that. Cool. That was oh wow. I guess yeah. We were out really late. I have no idea. Yeah, so I, we were. I was out late too, but I wasn't in Nashville. I was two miles down the road at a comedy club. Nice, but we we got to catch a bunch of Pokemon and uh, and bar hopped, and it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Are there special Pokemon in Nashville? Is there like a Guitaro or something? <laughs> no, but there's more Pokemon, obviously, than there are around my house. Yeah, well, I mean... So it's a very busy... I mean, half a million people live there compared to where you live. Right. So, so I, okay, so there is one thing I, I really want to address, because I want to know what's up with this. Okay. So here's Is it why Gloria Allred has uh lost a lot of respect for me? No. Oh, okay. What do you want to talk about? I usually lead with the topic, so you you do your No, cuz I really I really am curious about this and I and I don't understand how it is that that nobody in the news See, people in the the news lately, I'm flabbergasted cuz like we went on talking about how it was horrible that Trump that we, we addressed this last week, but how Trump said, you know, Russia should hack, you know, Hillary Clinton to find these mm-hmm. deleted emails. Mm-hmm. And no one seemed to bring up the fact that there aren't any deleted emails unaccounted right. for. And I found that to be a little bit confusing now. Okay. So he told a very detailed story about a video he saw uh-huh. that was not true. Uh-huh. Except that, so he retracted it on Friday after Mm -hmm. he'd been telling this story for two days. Mm -hmm. That same day, a literal video with pallets of money was playing on Iranian TV. Right. How did he find out about that? How did he find out about the cash drop? No. He... The only video that was visible to any of us in the American mm-hmm. public 
and him was a video of the hostage exchange. He mm-hmm. discussed a video where he saw a pallet, you know, a pallet full of money and a plane exchange and in the middle of the night, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. He was very descriptive. Obviously, they said he was talking about the hostage exchange video, but that's obviously mm-hmm. not what he was saying. But then all of a sudden, he, so he retracts what he said, which he never does. Mm-hmm. The actual video that he described comes out in Iran. No, well, came out in Iran. That video aired in February. The cash exchange video aired in February. Remember, it happened six, seven months ago. That cash exchange video did not air in February. According to the Daily Mail, it did. Really? Yeah. Where? Uh, Iranian, you know, their the their their state broadcasting, you know, their state news channel. Okay, so if nobody here really knew that that video existed because they obviously didn't because journalists all over God's green earth were saying, we don't know what the f- he's talking about. Sorry. Mm-hmm. There is no video. Well, there is a video, but nobody really realized that until Friday when and Iran he even retracted it. it. If the video it? exists and he didn't mm-hmm. see it, if he okay, if the video exists and he actually saw it, why would he retract what he said? Like, how did he get a hold of that video? I didn't know Iran was playing a video like that on state TV. That didn't become a huge story here. Mm-hmm. So, how did he find out about that? And if it's true that he did find out about it and he did see it, why did he retract it? These are great questions for Donald Trump. I mean, I, no, I don't No, but do you get know. what I'm saying? Like, it I do. sounds very concerning that, and possibly some, I mean, I don't think he's been doing briefings yet. Well, they had their first briefing after the conventions, didn't they? they Clinton and Trump were at the White House and they got their first security briefing. Yeah. I mean, I'm slightly concerned that he saw that through that type of a channel and just decided he was going to like, you know, stand up there and talk about it. I, I think the most likely thing with that is it's a case of a broken clock is right twice a day is he was probably speaking out of his ass again. And this just happened to be a time when he was right. You know, um, like, have you seen 10 Cloverfield lane? Yes. You know, John Goodman is batshit insane Except he's actually right that aliens are invading the Earth. Yeah. And he's right to have his fallout bunker because aliens are invading the Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Jim from the newsroom. Poor Jim. I know. Just shot in the face, <laughs> man. Like, just oh, boom. Spoilers. Um, I love that show, Newsroom, by the way. So, but I, 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 here's what I don't get though, because like, so he talked out of his ass with the whole, like I saw Muslims cheering on nine 11 thing. Okay. Yep. And then it, it, as soon as anything came out, like grainy footage that wasn't even in the U S he was like, yep. See there, that proves it. Blah, 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 blah. So it's very out of character for him to mm-hmm. have something come out that lends credence to something he said, even if he was talking out of his ass mm-hmm. and for him not to latch onto that, 
and say, yep, see, I was right. That's the video I saw. So it is very peculiar. Why? What? How did he have access to that video? I wonder if he did see it and he had access to it from some type of briefing, briefing and he got up and ran his mouth. You are you are a naughty monkey. Oh, today. I'm very concerned about this. I mean, obviously, there's not you know evidence to say this is definitive or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I do find his behavior regarding this and the fact that this was a video that was only shown on Iranian state TV. It didn't it didn't get shown on our news channels here, not even mm-hmm. in February. So, yeah. how did he know about that? Well, I I would. If if it weren't Donald Trump, knowing what I know about his team right now, I would say he has crack researchers who actually found it. But Jeez, did no, you I, see I, the I robot Hillary video? No. It looks like a campaign video. It, it's like a campaign ad made by a four-year-old. It, I My thought, niece makes, has I, produced a better movie trailer than that campaign ad. You see, I mostly I've been watching a lot of YouTube stuff lately. In fact, my new my latest jam has been watching people play do let's play videos of classic adventure games. Okay. And maker videos. So I get and Kevin Smith. So my ads on YouTube are uh edible weed uh nice. power tools and whatever the latest video game is. Nice. I don't get a lot of political ads. Uh, it's very, it's, it's low budget. doesn't even describe it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a very poorly produced video. And it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. Like it's just, it's just kind of dumb. And I, I don't understand how he's, you know, spending all this money. He has all the great people and yada, yada, yada. Uh, he could have some very talented people. He's got the money to pay for it. So what is he doing? Like, why is he just floundering around with a team that is a train wreck? Mm-hmm. I'm confused. It. I, you know, I'm not sure. I, I suspect, and unfortunately, I think this is the truth, is I think by and large, Trump was running a PR campaign and is kind of shocked to be where he is because he, it, the whole campaign is very quickly sliding downhill. And what. Well, yeah, we've heard that before and it come back from the dead. So this is the zombie campaign that cannot be killed. It, it's also still very early. Um, you know, we don't have our first debate for six, seven weeks. He's right? not going to go. I really think he's it's possible. I don't know. He's going to be slammed either way. So he's got to mm-hmm. decide which... I mean, he's a lot of things. I don't think he's an idiot. I really don't. I don't think he's stupid. Nor do I. I I don't think you get the success he has in real estate and media by being a dummy. No, but he, um, he, his campaign rally, I read an article this morning, his most recent campaign rally, the kinds of things he was saying about Hillary Clinton, um, we've not seen anything like this in our generation or our parents' generation. 
You know what? No, that's true. When they, I mean, calling for enemy nations to attack no, a political rival. He's straight up saying that he thinks she has mental problems. How, how many people have been saying he has mental problems, though? Let's be real here. Hillary Clinton is not saying that. True. Bernie Sanders did say that. I don't care I what mean, Bernie Sanders said. Bernie Sanders isn't running against him. You ha- it, it has never been done <laughs> as a direct attack between candidates to talk about them in that manner. That's never been done. Now, I, I, <laughs> I know like there was the Dukakis depression thing, and the campaign absolutely did that. But they, you know, they did it covertly. They didn't, you know, stand up there and say, you know, he was Michael treated. This is crazy. He was treated for depression, and therefore, you know, you should be concerned because he might be off his rocker. Yada yada. That would be unheard of. But that's basically what Trump is doing, and that's really. I mean, there is just there's no limit right now, and that's a little. <clears throat> I do not disagree. Okay, so what did you want to say about Gloria Aldrin? So, um, have you been following the uh, Roger Ailes suit? Mm, sort of. Susan Estrich is on his defense team. Okay, I don't know who that is. She She's a renowned feminist attorney. Um, not as camera grabby as Gloria Allred. Okay. Um, but, you know, I was reading this in the post this week. Gloria Allred basically came out and said she would never represent someone like Roger Ailes. Okay. While Susan Etstrich is saying she's known Mr. Ailes for decades, that he's been a good friend, and even made sure that she got paid as a, you know, she's been a frequent Fox News contributor, that he kept paying her when she was in the hospital recovering from surgery. So uh, there are those who are saying that she's basically selling out her feminist ideals, like Ms. Allred and people on Jezebel, but she's also an attorney. Consider the source. Yeah. Jezebel is. She's. Jezebel might be no more, because remember, they're part of the Gawker Empire. Now, you have to fact check when you read that stuff. Slate is a little bit better, but Mother Jones and... um... But I want to specifically talk about Gloria Allred saying she would never represent someone like Roger Ailes. I don't have a problem with her saying that. I have a problem with a lawyer saying she would not represent an accused because they've already prejudged someone. No, this is a civil case. She's not being asked to defend mm-hmm. him. So it's not like she's being, you know, court mandated to defend somebody in a criminal trial and is standing out there saying, oh, I'd never defend them. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a civil case. Yeah. So I kind of don't really. I don't like it when attorneys are very brazenly saying they prejudge people. Uh, I don't like that. Prejudge with this situation is probably not the word you want. What word would you suggest? Do you honestly think that he didn't do that? <laughs> I mean, do do you genuinely at this point, like with the evidence that at least we know and the accusers as we know them, that this is all bullshit? They forced no. him out because they knew full and damn well 
that this was happening. So I don't think saying prejudge is necessarily an appropriate statement when you're talking about a situation where it's it's pretty clear at this point that that's exactly what happened. Well, but you also know as well as I do that attempts to remediate a potentially liable situation is not evidence that the liable situation actually existed. Mm, yeah, but she's not an attorney on that case, so she can't True. have a public opinion. She can have a public opinion. It's and just she's not lessening saying, my opinion. She's not her. saying, like, in my understanding as an attorney and the facts presented that I've seen, you know, he's definitely guilty. Mm. I mean, she's not saying we that. Don't, we don't get to stop being attorneys just because we're speaking off the cuff. Uh, we don't get to stop that. It's she, a 24-hour job. She doesn't like Roger Ailes already. A lot of people Correct. don't. So what? of course she's going to have an opinion on that. Correct. Correctly, That's correctly. That's like saying Hillary Clinton's a lawyer, so she shouldn't be saying anything about Trump University's case. No, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm judging her based on what she's saying. Well, that's, I'm not saying she shouldn't say anything. Well, uh, I'm saying that I'm judging it, her on the words. You said and that, that I it was, believe you didn't like that. I, I cannot like what someone says. That's the beautiful well, thing about. Okay, me. then we're, then we're we're talking sideways because I understood you to be saying you think it was inappropriate that she made any comment whatsoever. Period. Not that you disagree with her comment itself, which is fine. I, I strongly disagree with her comment, and I think that prejudging someone before a, before a trial, actually before arbitration, that seems to be where it's going, is, is irresponsible of a, an attorney at bar. That's what I'm saying. Um, you know, just in the same way, you know, as a citizen... How is that in- necessarily prejudging him, though? Saying I would never defend this person mm-hmm. because she personally dislikes him is is not the same thing as saying I know that every single accusation from Gretchen Carlson and Megan Kelly is factually true. That would be you know, a prejudgment. I, She's not I'm, prejudging. She's judging Roger Ailes in her in her knowledge of him as a public figure. Well, because I get very alarmed because everyone has a right to counsel. And I've talked to you very candidly that our firm has become the go-to for appointed counsel on spousal abuse cases because my our suspicion in the office is that no other attorney is wanting to take these cases. Um, you know, I got one guy, uh, while... Waiting on his second, he did it again. So he has a domestic violence charge in front of every judge in the district. Now. No. That, wow. Um, I don't think she was saying that he doesn't have a right to counsel. I think her point is, To her, mm-hmm. as a feminist, that defending a man like Roger Ailes in the case that he's being defended <laughs> on mm-hmm. is not does not jive with being mm-hmm. a feminist. 
I don't think that's a factually incorrect thing to say either. I mean, that's, but that's just, it's her opinion on what feminism is and what feminism stands for. But that's not the same thing as saying he doesn't deserve any counsel. Mm-hmm. She's just saying, I don't. It's a stone's throw away from that, though. No, it's not. Because... How is that? Come on. No, it's not. Well, have you seen the movie Bridge of Spies? Yes. Um, and how hard it was for the accused in that case to get representation before the federal court because no one wanted to touch representing a Russian spy? There are plenty of people willing to represent Roger Ailes, okay? Uh-huh. Like, plenty. You're talking about he's being defended by somebody who has mm-hmm. been historically viewed as a feminist. That mm-hmm. doesn't make much sense given who he is. <clears throat> it, I find it an alarming statement for her to say she would turn away any client based off of what they have been accused of. I don't think That's she said thinking. that, though. I mean, I, I, you bring up the direct quote and let me know what she said, but from what you... Yep. Here's here's what she said to the Washington Post. If Mr. Ailes had approached me, there's no amount of money I would accept to represent him. Sure. The bottom line is my credibility is not for sale, my my reputation is not for sale, and my conscience is not for sale. So based on her prejudgment of him, she would tell me... It's not a prejudgment. Roger Ailes is a public figure that people Mm -hmm. hate. A lot of people hate Roger Ailes. Yes. So she's not prejudging anything. She is judging. And uh-huh. I, 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 don't, it, I don't see anything in that direct statement that says, because in this particular case, I think he's guilty. She doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't like him, you're damn straight I would want her to say, I'm not going to represent you. She already doesn't like him, and that's not a prejudgment. That's a judgment. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. I just. I think it's. I think it's she's irresponsible. Not all for a comment. Unethical. I don't. I don't think. I think you're going too far. She didn't offer a comment on this particular case. She offered a comment on her opinion about who Roger Ailes is as a person. I don't. That think she can... would not represent Roger Ailes. I don't think you can divorce the two, though, because (sighs) would would you, this is in particular because Suzanne Elrich, another renowned feminist attorney, is representing him. Is she really a renowned feminist? I I would suggest I find it very difficult to to understand that a a Fox contributor who's you know, buddy-buddy with Roger Ailes, having nothing to do with this case whatsoever, but just having to do with the type of things that they support. Um, You know, I mean, they support, you know, bans on women's right to choose. They support a whole lot of things that are not at all in line with the feminist movement. So I I do find that a little hard to... Probably the biggest thing that... Elrich did, uh, Estrich rather, was she represented Anita Hill. Is probably the biggest thing she did. Okay. Just, I mean, it, just to give you a, a big case that she worked on. But I, I, I don't, don't know, know how, it, that, how representing that Anita is Hill my, makes her a feminist. 
I guess it depends on what you mean by fun in this, too. <clears throat> it's it's a fun, you know, she, and probably her biggest academic work was, um, she kind of wrote the book on modern rape legislation, and in particular shining a light on the fact that the majority of rape is with people the victim is familiar with, if not in loving or committed relationships or a dating relationship. Okay. I think that's a very important work. I'm not disputing that. Mm-hmm. But I guess, but, I, like I said, I guess it would depend on what you mean by feminist, because I don't, I don't see any, any women on the far right who would say they're feminists. That's pretty much been taken over in the purview of the liberal sector. Sadly. They're all commies now. No. <laughs> I mean, feminism has a definition. It's not like you can say, I'm working against the women's right to choose. I'm working against fair and equal pay. I'm working against all these things, but I'm a feminist. I mean, just by the definition of feminism as it's evolved in the modern world, that makes no sense. So you need to come up with another word. Than feminist for a woman who's fought for legislative change on women's issues? What legislative change? Well, with the rape. With the rape laws and rape prosecutions. Yeah, but the far... Oh, come on. Come on. Well, I'm not... And just because she's defending Ailes doesn't mean she's a far-right woman either. She's a Fox contributor... And, Uh like, the people that they work on getting elected at the state level, you know, want to keep laws in place that allow sexual assault. You know, I mean, they want to give the benefit of the doubt to, you know, every. which I'm not saying they shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying that, you know, those people work against that kind of stuff every day, every day. They still want, you know, show of force laws for rape in a lot of states. A lot of states have them. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to to jive a contributor to a, a news station that, that so heavily panders to and supports those type of people and, and call her a feminist. <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay. that makes no sense to me from jump. She she goes on panel shows. Usually she's the, the more liberal voice on the panel shows. The more liberal voice on Fox is what we used to call Republicans. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, someone's excited. Yeah. yeah. Hey. I don't know why she's barking like that. Um, she's being a jerk. I got nothing. Is there a mouse in the house? No, somebody was walking by outside. Mm-hmm. Someone was Jeez. menacingly ch- chasing Pokemon in the front yard. Oh, uh, probably. Oh my good God in heaven! I think Ashoka <clears throat> agrees with me. That's what it is. <clears throat> no, my puppy is a feminist. Is she? Yeah. She is feminist puppy. She is. I have no barriers. I can be wherever I want to be. I can be the puppy president. See? I I think 
dogs live in more of a malevolent dictatorship. <laughs> but yeah, the you know the it just I I really disagreed with what Gloria Allred said, um, and what is being levied against uh, Susan Allrich, uh, Estrich. Jesus, why do I keep screwing up her name? I don't know. Um, and I. I fear because I, and it's just, again, like I said, I have experienced the chilling effect of attorneys not wanting to take uh, cases of spousal abuse and rape because either they don't want to deal with the issues or they're afraid of blowback onto their own firms. And yeah, that really... but eh, this is, this is really not the same thing. This isn't even, first of all, it's not criminal, which that I don't care what you say. That is a distinction that makes a difference. You have a right to counsel of regardless of if it's criminal or civil. Uh, if you can't afford a lawyer in a civil case, no, you don't. This is true. Right. So Because your, your liberty is not at stake. Right. That's why you so you it. don't have a right to counsel in the same way as we understand right to counsel regarding criminal prosecution. I guess. And he's not going to trial because he did it. He's just trying to manage the fallout at this point. Actually, I think they're going to arbitration because that's what the employment contract says. He's gonna. That would be my guess. He's it's gonna. A, I mean, it's a confidential it. document. I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't really make a whole lot of judgment on whether or not these things were true until mm-hmm. Fox pushed him out. And mm-hmm. here's the thing about Fox that I find really interesting. They would not have pushed him out unless there was ample, credible evidence that this had actually occurred. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have pushed him out. I mean, he is Fox News. Yeah, he has been for what, almost 30 years, right? Right. So I cannot fathom from a network that doesn't even run retractions half the time when they say factually incorrect bullshit is going to push out the, you know, the man of Fox News unless they mm-hmm. absolutely had to. Well, there's also been an ongoing feud with the Murdochs and him, and this might have just provided the the impetus for them to finally get him out. That's because the Murdochs are not as insane. Well, they just they want they want to make money, and they don't want to risk making money. You know, they're evil capitalist pigs like any other business what? owner. Fox, <clears throat> what 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 risk would they have to making money? Fox has the best ratings out of all of the networks. Well, they the, don't the risk... want it to be that crazy conservative. Not that they're well, liberal, but they're getting a little sick of the unfactual bullshit. Well, there are other risks. It's not just ratings. It's uh, in insurance they'd have to pay because you have to disclose, you know, whatever your employee complaints are, if you've settled any lawsuits, things like that, to get your insurance. And for a company as big as Fox, they probably pay a shit ton for insurance. Well, I'm actually just remarking on why they don't like Ailes and why they wanted Ailes out to begin with, having nothing to do with this, they want Fox to not be so psychotic anymore. They've been there pretty public the about pejoratives. that. Huh? There you go with the pejoratives. Oh, come on. Oh. I mean, Ailes put, you know, frickin', uh, what's his face? Glenn Beck 
on mm-hmm. for a long time with his chalkboard and his false flag. Oh, the chalkboard his... of insanity. I miss the chalkboard of insanity. Right, okay, but these dudes want to have a news organization. That's not news. Sean Hannity is not news. Bill mm-hmm. O'Reilly sitting there trying to be like, oh, yeah, but they were well fed. Come the – really? Like, he did not need to respond to that. And I think that yeah, they see that, deeper. well, this, they're alienating people. I mean, that tide of that far right mm-hmm. is not, it's, it's going away. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Murdochs see that and they don't want to mm-hmm. go down with the damn ship. I wonder how much the blaze has cut into their online revenue in particular, because I know Fox gets tremendous ratings on cable, but I wonder how much the blaze in particular has cut into their, their online and new media because the blaze is huge. Um, God, it shouldn't be. It, it's like it's like Twit Studios big. It's huge. You know, and I love when you see like all of the um, the you know if you links the to this as much as I do, survivalist stuff mm-hmm. on all those sites. I read Alex that every Jones. once in a while. They're t- they're selling so much crap. Yeah. yeah, and I mean you just don't see that from Slate. You know, I mean they. Not that they don't have advertisement, they do, but they don't have like a join the Alex Jones Club for $10 a month and get this and this and that. I mean, they don't do that. Yeah, just as a note about that survivalist stuff, by the way, you know, as a public service announcement, 40 bucks gets you a really nice Gerber hand axe that you can do most anything with. You don't need to spend 200 bucks on something, folks. Okay. <laughs> Just saying, it's in my camping bag. I don't know. Sometimes I think the survivalists might not be all that nuts, but... I'm not going to lie. It's come in handy for me when I've gotten lost in the woods and stuff. I'm just wondering if maybe having some canned food in the garage is not necessarily a bad idea. And a fallout shelter. Well, and particularly where we live, where, I'll be honest, in a snow emergency, I'm not making the trek to the Kroger that's in my own Oh, I'm talking more like zombie apocalypse. The return of the Trump supporters. <laughs> I don't think we're really going to have a zombie apocalypse. I it, well, it's the zombie apocalypse would solve itself. Um, I do think we could have a civil war. You and I differ eh. on that. No, I I think we could. I think the likelihood is remote. Okay, Roger Stone, by the way. Yes. Who is still absolutely on Trump's payroll. I do not care what he says. I do not mm-hmm. care that Trump says he fired him. That man is still on that payroll. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Anyway, so you saw that he was convinced that Clinton will win, but he's convinced that she's winning because she'll win because it's rigged. And that mm-hmm. when that happens, it will be a bloodbath. Why would it be a bloodbath? I I don't because they'll riot. Was the implication? So I I don't want to jinx him, but we have five months to go, and the first black president has not been shot yet. Oh no! I I'm not actually 
agreeing with the fact that, you know, oh. Don, no, I'm not agreeing with the fact that the Donald Trump supporters are going to start the civil war. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I mean, not a, not a single shot has been fired by a member of the Bundy family or their group either. So oh, I don't, that's not true. The one dude that they shot, Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Well, he pulled a gun and he did try to use his car to run over some of the agents. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a messed up situation. Did you see this newest? It's really sad that we have to say this. The newest um, shooting video in Chicago. I did. I, I didn't. I don't watch them. Um, for the I main reason I don't watch beheading videos. Yeah, I don't normally like to see people get shot. Um, but I did see on the preface to the video that you don't actually see anyone get shot. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure where I'm at with that one. I'm really not. I, um... Well, we'll have to see where it comes out in the investigation and in the possible prosecution. Um, You know, an officer in Richmond was just convicted of manslaughter. Yeah, the one who said, I got another one. Yep. He's an idiot. So these guys are stupid, though, and, like, they need to stop being stupid. And I I say that because, you know, at the the, after the dude is shot, okay, and Mm -hmm. he's laying on the ground handcuffed. Bleeding out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about, oh, shit, well, now I'm going to have to be on death duty for the next 30 days. Indeed. That's a direct quote. Yes. And so my point being, you have a perception issue, whether it's true or not. I think it's a valid perception issue. But mm-hmm. you have a perception issue, whether you think it's valid or not. Optics are there. It exists. Why, knowing you're on tape, are you going to mm-hmm. say stuff like that? They, some of these guys are literally like gaslighting. Like they're, they're, it, it almost seems like they're purposely doing this. Mm-hmm. Whether or not, I mean, whether or not the, the shooting was valid, I'm not even referring to, but I'm referring to their behavior mm-hmm. after the fact. It shows well, some very inhumane... Yes. I mean, it's disgusting. Yes. And yeah, why are you shooting into a fleeing car? That also is kind of stupid. That is, that goes against every police protocol I know of, because that is a very reckless exchange. In the middle of of a damn neighborhood. Yeah. That is, that is the stuff that it, you know, he's lucky that a kid or a mom or a grandmother didn't get shot. Oh, because that's usually what happens. Well, yeah, and they and then they were saying at the end of it, oh, you oh you shot him, and like there's this exchange between the the cops, right? And he says, oh well, he was shooting at us, right? <laughs> like he was shooting at us, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it sounded like code for we need to say that we thought he was shooting at us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. it was just really, but. Yeah, if I owned a home in that neighborhood and that happened, I would not rest until that cop lost his job. <laughs> I wouldn't. 
I would be yeah, calling yeah. the chief every day and talking about how I feel absolutely unsafe with this man still on the forest after he shot up some kid in my neighborhood in the middle of the street in the middle of the day. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely awful use of force. It goes against everything they're trained and instructed to do. Um, to fire at a moving vehicle, that is insane, irresponsible, and it's surprising that there was not more collateral damage. But for yeah, for the one in Chicago, I'm I'm getting alarmed that uh, you know basically these selective police dash cam and body cam videos are being released for PR purposes. Mm, I wouldn't call that PR. I mean, I think in a very base definition, yes, it's PR, but I, I, I don't think that's really a fair characterization. They're releasing them in the name of transparency because they're trying they're re- to show that they're they They're releasing them to get ahead of YouTube. They're releasing them to get ahead of YouTube. Well, because part of the problem that people have had with these police forces is this accusation that they're not taking things seriously and mm-hmm. that they're trying to hide things from the public. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of the body cam thing, of mm-hmm. having body cams, is so that we had more transparency. And people, no. I don't think it's fair to say that people want to see it because they want to see a dude get shot. But I think that people, I mean, it's PR, but I think it's PR in the sense that they, they are trying to mend this disconnect that that people think that they don't they don't take this seriously. You know, I you actually just remind me. I realized the last time I purposefully watched footage of someone dying. When is that? 9/11. And it's kind of after that I said, "Yeah, I don't need to see this ever again." Well, you couldn't not watch that. It was That's, unreal. That, 2001, uh, the fall of 2001 is when I discovered podcasting because I got sick of seeing what was on TV and listening to what was on the radio. The the wallowing in it is what I hate. Yeah, I did it for a couple of days, and then I had to get out of it. But, yeah. So, the the again, it, we don't know what will happen if if the they're going to appoint a special prosecutor. I really like the, the cities and states that have passed these... Uh, Measures to get special prosecutors to investigate police misconduct. Yeah, they need to more. I mean, it, it needs to be automatic because they they keep clearing these these cops, and uh, and some in some circumstances it's a, obviously it's appropriate, but in some mm-hmm. circumstances, I still don't agree with the Tamir Rice um, decision. Like, okay, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, they pulled up in a position where they had absolutely no safety because they were too close. They, they mm-hmm. didn't even take, it was literally 30 seconds. If that, mm-hmm. they didn't even give him a chance to respond. Mm-hmm. And they killed a child. Mm-hmm. So their mistakes, their reckless behavior led to the death of that child. How mm-hmm. you're not being held criminally responsible for that, I don't understand. 
Well, the city paid six million dollars to the boys' estate. Don't care how much money they got. I'm talking about that particular officer's criminal liability for his Mm -hmm. reckless behavior. But they said he made no errors. There was no problem. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand, after watching that, how anybody could come to that conclusion. (laughs) Well, it's one of the things that I think people need to realize when it comes to this is, do you know how, what the conviction rate on homicides is? Mm, No. 45%. Okay. 45% of homicides brought to trial end in either a conviction or a plea. Okay. So, you know, statistically 50-50. Okay. So... Your point? Well, my point being is that not every cop who wrongfully shoots someone is going to be convicted. I don't want them to necessarily be convicted. I want Mm -hmm. them to be charged. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think you need to get the special prosecutors, because the local prosecutors have a big conflict of interest. Because, one, uh, in a lot of states, um, your district attorney is, in fact, a law enforcement official. You know, the Michigan Attorney General technically is the head of the state police department, for example. Yeah. So you have that going against them. And you also have the fact that they need to have a convivial relationship with law enforcement to do all of their other cases. Mm-hmm. So you need special prosecutors. That's all I'm saying. No, I absolutely agree with you. I, I just the, I think the public perception perception problem that people are having Mm -hmm. right now, which I think is, you say, you know, they're releasing videos for PR purposes, but that kind of makes it, it kind of cheapens it. And I think Mm -hmm. my point being is that I think there's a genuine desire to try to heal that divide Mm -hmm. with the public, with them releasing Mm -hmm. the videos. And it comes directly from the fact that these dudes, whether they get convicted or not, they don't even get charged. Mm-hmm. We see things happen that are, I mean, just, you know, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. People mm-hmm. feel unsafe. And rightly so. When they mm-hmm. see something like Samir Rice and they see nothing happen. I agree wholeheartedly. So I think that it's not even a matter, though, that they need to, you know, convict these dudes. They just really need to start charging them with stuff. If they know they can keep getting away with it, why are they going to stop? Mm-hmm. Well, well, they wouldn't. And it's it's a line of behavior that goes back to the very foundation of American policing. Explain your statement. Um, American policing starts from very different principles from other common law countries. Um, we, we were not big fans of Jeremy Bentham, um, who my favorite thing from Bentham is he advocated an unarmed police force because it forces officers to rely on verbal skills more than aggression. America comes from what evolved to the Chicago school of 
cracking skulls and cracking down on even the most insignificant of crimes to prevent larger crimes. And there are those who argue it worked. Uh, there are others who argue that it didn't work and worse creates a occupying army in a lot of our urban centers. Well, <laughs> That's kind of where I fall down. Yeah. And you see, police are brought up in a culture that they are soldiers in a war. A war on crime, a war on drugs, a war on terrorism. That's the other problem. We declare, we declare war on every other goddamn thing when we should, you know. Why are we declaring war on American citizens? That's alarming. And it's not a figure of speech. They have goddamn tanks and machine guns. Yeah, you know what? I've seen that a lot, and I never used to see that um, as much. But what I've seen a lot in statements from police officers that, that I find really alarming is that the safety, when they talk about, you know, like why they had to do something for safety reasons, they're mm-hmm. always referencing their own safety first. Yeah, because they're human they beings. They're human beings. <clears throat> my safety is more important than anyone else's safety. Maybe not my wife's, but it. Yeah, you, you guarantee. That's a perception problem. I think that's a culture problem that they have too. It, no, no, their safety does not thing. come before the citizen's safety. And if you, the first thing that you're always thinking about is your own ass, you're not doing your job effectively. Or we need to realize that they're everyday people like everyone else, that we have given an enormous amount of power, and maybe the power needs to be reined back in. Yeah, well, I I was going to say the attitude that I'm talking about, though, is the exact attitude that leads to the problem that you have. I mean, just as an example, Julia, let's pretend for a moment that you are alone in the grocery store and a gunman shows up. Uh Are you ushering everyone else out before you, or are you making a beeline for the first exit you see to protect your own ass? Um, It depends on the situation, actually. I I worked in a psych hospital for five years. I've put other people's safety ahead of my own multiple times. Well, the people that you were put in charge of, you know, I'm not talking... Right, just like cops. Yeah, and they shouldn't be. That's what I'm saying. They shouldn't be. Because they have demonstrated that they're just like the rest of us. Yeah, but that's not always true. People people definitely make decisions that uh, there was a guy in the Orlando massacre that um, he ended up dying, getting a door open that mm-hmm. to get other people out before him. Yes. So, yeah, it absolutely happens. There are people that do that. There are people that do that, but I don't think it's reasonable to expect all 1.5 million men and women and blue to be that heroic. They're just doing a job. I understand that, but that's the point with the culture that they have that needs to change. If if the culture is is focused on citizen safety first, then no, they're not all going to be, you know, Steven Seagal, but... um, that was a terrible uh, that, example. That would be terrible. I know. Um, Sorry. Let me see. Heroic cop. Heroic cop. Heroic cop. Um, Denzel hmm. Washington in Training Day. 
Ethan Hawke in Training Day. He saved the kids. Uh, I would not call that man heroic, though. Okay. Uh, anyway, no. Should have I, been nominated for the Oscar. I think he got robbed that year. Ethan Hawke? Yes. He's a terrible actor. I don't want to give him any credence for anything, okay? Oh, have you seen Rumblefish? Uh, no, I mean, I do remember, um, what was the Gen X? Reality Bites. Have you seen Gattaca? I'm not Gattaca. Oh, yes, I did see Gattaca. That's one of the reasons I think he's terrible. Aww. Gattaca was a terrible movie. I enjoyed it. It was so off point. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I think that if you have that attitude as the goal. Ah, Hero Cup, Batman. Okay. If you have the attitude of Citizens First as the mm-hmm. goal then more people are going to get closer to that goal than -hmm. what we have now, right? But how are you going to find only officers who want to put citizens first? We don't have to go into their head and have some, like, big discussion about what they truly feel in their heart. I'm talking about police culture and how they talk about things mm-hmm. needs to change to citizens first because uh-huh. you know full and damn well that when you start to talk about things differently mm-hmm. it affects people whether they want it to or not mm-hmm. so i think it would make a difference even if you still have cops that are crappy and stupid and whatever well and for that i would say you can look at the Charleston shooting. Charleston has been on the forefront of what we in the biz call community policing principles. Okay. They were one of the first to bring back foot patrol to actually get officers walking their beat and talking with people in the neighborhood mm-hmm. instead of just driving around looking for trouble. Right. And they still had a high-profile shooting of an unarmed black man whose only crime was not paying child support. Uh, I understand that. This is it, Culture shifts take a very long time. That doesn't uh-huh. mean you don't try to do it. And all I'm saying is that what I'd like to start hearing from police is more of a focus on citizen safety versus a constant focus on their own. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want them to be safe, but I think they need to start talking about things differently. Oh, I got another hero cup, RoboCop. Oh my God, I love RoboCop. Even the new love one? Love it. Yeah, actually. I enjoyed the new enjoyed one too. I like Joel Kinnaman. I like Joel Kinnaman. I really liked them destroying um, Kobo at the end. And part <laughs> of the reason why I was in Hawaii when I watched it, so... For me, it you was just seen like the new Kobo. <laughs> no, but for me, it was just kind of like, oh, home. You know, I mean, I sat through Batman versus Superman. Yeah, I did too. It, my hatred of that movie also made my brother not want to see movies with me for two months. It's no, <laughs> how it much was I hated so it. So terrible, though. And now we hear Suicide Squad was also that bad. Um, he uh. He he really enjoyed Batman v Superman, and he said I was being kind of a dick about how much I hated it. No, you're not. That was it was. I don't understand how anybody could sit there and enjoy it. If he's going to listen to this, he's never going to like me. Um, 
He won't like you just because you're a woman. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm sorry, Jason. I didn't mean that. <laughs> uh, it, he, uh, it, it made no sense. The whole movie yeah. made no sense. I, I, I don't understand what happened. The plot was just sticky <laughs> and slow mm-hmm. and convoluted mm-hmm. and just so bad. And usually I can see some, like, good action movies and, like, even if it's a crappy plot, I can still enjoy the action-y part of the movie. I did not. And, and also some of the worst body horror I've ever seen. I do not want someone putting hard candy in my mouth. Uh, that shit's gross. Okay. Just saying. I gotta say, I did not like Ben Affleck. I was not a fan. And here was part of my problem, and I know this is going to sound weird. The man has won two Oscars. None of them for acting, but he has won two Oscars. He's a great director. Okay. And a great writer. No, no, no. I like Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I did not like him as Batman. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why, and I got I actually got into an argument with my husband about this. Um, of course you did. These are the arguments nerds have. He gained a lot of muscle weight uh-huh. to do Batman. It doesn't look right on him at all. And and the reason I say that is because when he was like wearing a coat or like mm-hmm. something heavier over himself mm-hmm. in that movie, he looked he just looked fat. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I don't like, I don't think it's particularly right for Batman either. Batman generally in the comics has had more of an an acrobat or gymnast body. Well, okay, you know? not even going to, like, directly speaking about the comics, but he doesn't look right with all that muscle on him. It looks bizarre. Mm-hmm. And, like, so when he's wearing, like, just a coat, he just looks, he looks fat. He's not fat, but he looked fat mm-hmm. because it's well, not a that, good look for him. That's also, again, Zack Snyder was going for Dark Knight Returns Batman, who was really stocky and, and bulky. Yeah, but Christian Bale had that body type. Ben Affleck does not naturally have that body type. And it looked weird. Hmm. I mean, I commend him on the work that he did to get that body for that movie. I'm just saying that for me, I've loved Ben Affleck since, oh, geez, Kevin Smith, okay? Dogma. Mallrats? Oh, yes. Absolutely, Mallrats. That guy was such a tool. Um, like the back of a Volkswagen. Oh my god! <laughs> so I love Ben Affleck. I'm just, and he's a very attractive man. He's just not. It looks bizarre to to add forty pounds of muscle to him. It doesn't look right. He doesn't have that body type, and it looks like it was very forced. And speaking of weirdness, I recently watched um, Solaris, you know, with Chris Evans. Okay. Skinny, nerdy Chris Evans. It. I think part of the problem, too, is Ben Affleck had a lot more high-profile stuff before he bulked up for Batman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Chris Evans did not have a lot of high-profile work before that. Yeah. So for him to put on 50 pounds of CrossFit muscle suits him. And I, I got to say, in uh, in Civil War, even I got a little bit of a half chub when he was uh, flexing to keep that helicopter on the roof. Wow, that was inappropriate. Just saying. I get 
stuff for saying the F word and you just, okay, all right. I, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm letting my gay side fly. I did. I loved it. What? For all the, oh, for, oh, Andrew and I, we watched it and we just did mystery science theater commentary the whole time. Oh, the be- do you know what the best part of that movie is? It was truly disturbing. What? When Chris Evans gets to the front of the plane with, um, it's Ed Harris up there, right? Uh, yes. And he, he talks about everything he's done, and he says, I know what people taste like. I hate that I know what people taste like, and I hate that I know that babies taste best. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so the reason I have such an adverse reaction to Snowpiercer, aside from the fact that that's absolutely disgusting what you just said. They build that movie like a normal movie. You know what I mean? They did not bill it like a super psycho, crazy, you know, cannibalism, dark ass thing. They didn't bill it like that at all. So when you watched it, having only seen the trailers, you are not expecting that at all. And it, it feels well, like you're getting smacked in the face and they lied to you. I felt the same the other, way about District 9. <clears throat> the other part of the problem with it, too, is that was a movie that was shot actually a long time ago before Chris Evans became Captain America. And it was probably destined to be direct to DVD or something like that uh, until we, until the Avengers becomes the biggest thing in film. And you can see these hilarious interviews with Chris Evans where he do, he does not want to be there, but his contract forces him to do press, and he's just like, this is a piece of shit I made five years ago, and I am just going through the motions. And here. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, America. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, I felt the same way about District 9, though. And, you didn't like District No, 9? I love District 9. Let me clarify. I love District 9. I think that, that it was... Um, an extremely poignant um, social commentary. It was billed uh-huh. as as an alien Independence Day movie. You, and this you know, is where I, I get annoyed, because I will go see it for the social mm-hmm. commentary. I mean, I absolutely agreed with it. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. What I don't like is when they're billing a movie to be a certain thing, and mm-hmm. you're expecting a certain thing because of the way that it's been advertised. And then mm-hmm. you go in and it's something completely different. Like mm-hmm. that kind of feels like you're getting smacked in the face. Like I was not yeah. in the mood that night. I was not in the mindset for like some very, you know, poignant social commentary on apartheid and racism. I wasn't prepared for that at all. But that's what I got. Okay. You know, I mean. Yeah, you got a bit of that. It was mostly a buddy cop movie. Uh, okay. The start, you know, the start is Hotel Rwanda, and then it kind of shifts into Lethal Weapon pretty quick. Like, well, yeah, see, but that's the thing. Like, if I'm going to watch Selma, I mean, I know what I'm watching, and I'm in the mindset for, you know, what it is that I'm 12 years a slave or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I felt about Snowpiercer, too. It's like you did not bill it as this this totally twisted-ass, mm-hmm. you know, crazy movie, which I might have actually watched on its own merit, had you been honest with me. Mm-hmm. But they weren't. They're that liars. Has, unfortunately, that has nothing to do with the 
director, the actors, the writer, or the editors. That is all the studios who oh, cut yeah. together. There. You, like um, a, a great example is compare and contrast how Warcraft was marketed in Europe versus the States. I do not know of the distinction. So um, in the States, they were marketing it basically as the same way The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings was. Okay. And in Europe, they were marketing it more, and I think which is true to the movie and the Warcraft mythos, as kind of a a, a tongue-in-cheek fantasy story. That, yes, we have a lot of these tropes, but we have fun with it. Whereas in the U.S., everything has to be dark and gritty and real. Uh, and that's not, that's not what Warcraft is. I mean, that's not what the Warcraft universe is. That's what, not what any of the games have been. There's way too much drain eye porn to take it seriously. Or just... Uh, there is a lot I of made, drain I eye made porn. a lot of money dancing on mailboxes. There is a lot of drain eye porn, I'm just saying. It's pretty disturbing, actually. Um, to Google. No, please don't. Oh, good lord, the tail must get in the way. Um, I'm just googling Draenei Rule Thirty Four. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Ah, uh, DeviantArt wants me to log in. Okay. So. Oh my. Have you seen Suicide Squad? No, I. I really. Two things. I'm already one, disappointed, and I haven't even seen it. One, I have a 60-inch TV in my house with a surround sound system, and I have an internet connection that allows me to get 1080p video through Amazon and Netflix. So I tend to go to the theater when I know it's going to be a spectacle that requires it. Yeah, we're the or same way. I, I'm really looking forward to it. No, I, yeah, we're the same way. You know, I like we talked a few weeks ago. Gravity in IMAX was gorgeous. I know. I Gravity have. was gorgeous. I haven't even seen it. I'm lame. Um, but you know, like Suicide Squad, I'm looking at that and I'm like, eh, I don't really know if I need to see that at a thousand foot screen. Probably just wait for it. And the reviews coming out again, I think, comes a lot from the marketing because you can compare the trailers they cut last year to the trailers they started releasing after Deadpool came out, trying to play it as a superhero action comedy, which it definitely isn't. Uh, Deadpool is one of the most amazing movies I've ever seen. Um, if Deadpool does not win the Oscar for Best Comedy, I will be shocked. That that movie was so bloody amazing. It just was so amazing. I, I just... <clears throat> oh, you know what we did watch over the weekend, though? Keanu. You mentioned that. Yeah, it was fantastic. Well, while I was watching, I went from... I give it from, five stars. Uh, okay. I, I don't generally like um, Key and Peel, so I don't know... Um, oh, my. Oh, there's a there's an orc doing something very naughty to a drainer. Okay. The, the, um, the, the, the black man translator was brilliant and amazing. And they could just, they could really just post on that for the rest of their career, and I would be fine um, with it. My, my dear, have you seen the film Airplane, where they do the exact same joke? Yes, but they did it targeted <laughs> on the president, and that's what made it really funny. Uh, 
No, you don't think so? That was great. I, at the, I, at I the, haven't seen Keanu, and I, I don't anticipate seeing oh, it. Oh, the kitten is so cute. Oh, my God. I don't like cats. Oh, you're just an evil person. I'm highly allergic to cats. I have a pr- pragmatic reason why I don't like cats. You're still an evil person. I'm allergic to cats. I have three of them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm gluten intolerant. Let's get pizza. What? No, actually, I ended up not being allergic to cats, and the allergy has since come back. So, like, I got allergy shots as a kid, uh-huh. and then I, you know, grew out of them, uh-huh. and then I got them back. Well, aren't you lucky? I would like to know what I'm allergic to right now. I've been getting hives on my legs, and I don't know what it's from. I have lost my beach bud. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it, just rounding out on movies, I highly suggest you go rent um, Can We Take a Joke? It is a phenomenal documentary on kind of how the mob is trying to detroit, destroy free speech in this world. Huh. With some very poignant remarks made about, um, you know, kind of towards the end, one that I found really telling was um, in the wake of the Charlie... Hebdo shootings. Yeah. How France began really cracking down on speech. Yeah. No, I don't think it needs to be legislated, but I think that people need to be a bit smarter than they are. We're one of the only countries in the world that doesn't. We're one of the only countries in the world that doesn't. Okay, but that's... Okay, my issue with the Charlie Hebdo thing, obviously, I don't think that making a video of something should get you killed. Um, that's not what I'm saying, but I do think that publishing comics specifically for the purpose of demeaning a religious group and, Mm -hmm. and gaslighting them is, Mm -hmm. is incredibly fucked up. I Uh I think it's fucked up. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that socially we as a culture should um, frown upon that. Do I think it should be legislated that you can't do that? No. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that as a culture, we should you know, kind of all agree that you shouldn't do that. I mean, they made comics like that about the Jews that, lead, that you know, led to the Holocaust. Everybody was fine with it then. That was part of it, though. Especially the comics. Heart. That that caricatured Jew was was a big part of the propaganda that went on in Germany in the up, you know uh, running up until the Holocaust. And I'm not saying we're going to have it, another Holocaust, but I'm saying that I think we as a culture should it, find that to be incredibly distasteful, and we should not be uh, supporting people who do that. You actually just reminded me with the caricatures of the Jews, and I, I disagree with that just because I, it is said all the time that media depictions leads to X, Y, and Z. So Grand Theft Auto makes people murderers. Um, Super Mario Brothers makes people sexist. No, that's not what I said. No, no, no. I, I'm saying that that argument gets made a lot. That was a cornerstone of the Clinton administration to a point. Well, okay, but uh, 
there's a difference between saying that, you know, certain um, caricatures used in the midst of a larger propaganda war can influence cultural behavior. I think that's mm-hmm. absolutely true. That's not the same thing as saying playing Grand Theft Auto is going to make you go out and buy a hooker. Especially not where I live. The hooker, you know the hookers where oh, I live. Okay. They're terrible. Okay, but you see my point. You're talking about mm-hmm. something very targeted toward a specific group versus, you know, a video game about, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even understand what well, Grand Theft Auto is about, to be honest with you. It's just, I don't like the uh, well, game. People say that Call of Duty reinforces and contributes to anti-Muslim sentiments. Um, mm, which, because uh, they, they're not all set in the Middle East. No, not, not all. The, the, the core ones are, the numbered ones are, tend to be those kind of conflicts from three on. Well, but, that's... Uh, it's probably true to some extent. But where where I come down on it is, and a big part of what Can We Take a Joke uh, focuses on is what you're talking about is society, societal censorship. So the, the speech-free zones on college campuses. Um, there was this very alarming one from the Washington State where the university actually planted hecklers in this kid's stage show to shut it down because the whole point of his stage show was he wanted to offend everybody. So there were Jew jokes, there were black jokes, there were Jesus jokes, there were anti-American jokes, there was all sorts of stuff. And I'm going to take a stab at that kid's probably alt-right. What? I'm gonna no, take... he, he's a chubby black liberal. Oh. Well then, okay. He was he was trying he, what he was trying to do um, that even South Park gets backlash on now is turning a light on the ridiculousness of political correctness. I'm obviously not a fan of free speech zones. I mean, you know, we've had that conversation previously. I mm-hmm. I don't agree with this idea that we need to have safe zones mm-hmm. and yada yada yada. I do think people are way too offended. I think that. Um, cultural backlash against certain things mm-hmm. is a not a violation of free speech and b absolutely necessary. But well, yeah, and, uh, and I, but I think there also needs to be a backlash against those who take it too far because they're doing the same thing. But should Milo be allowed on Twitter when all he does is target you know people for no good reason and like? You know, I mean, the, the the Ghostbusters chick was getting tweets, you know, from his mm-hmm. legion of followers, right? Uh, you know, oh, pictures of gorillas. Speaking of Twitter, let's talk, speaking of can we take a joke, you want to talk about Jen Kirkman real quick? Uh, yeah, the liberals need to shut up. Yeah, I did read but about she's that. she's a Hillary supporter. And she's she a, was she's being, an outspoken Democrat. She was being attacked by liberals. Yes. That's why I said the liberals need to shut up. 
Bill Maher says that a lot too. I love it. I, it seems like every month, at least once, some dipshit in the crowd pipes up or it just groans at one of his snarky. <laughs> yeah. And says, God, yeah. No, I, you know, I do remember once it was a long time ago, um, on real time. I think it was like first season or whatever. It was a long time ago. Uh, where somebody piped up in the crowd and said something about 9-11 was an inside job. He literally walked off the stage and, like, mm-hmm. went to go take the dude out himself. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, security Bill. wasn't doing anything. Because security wasn't oh, doing anything. Was yeah, that so was so offended by that. I mean, I, that he was, was actually, livid. That was, not, that was, like, his fourth or his fifth season. That was 2005, 2006. Okay. So, um... Yeah, so because remember he got fired from ABC after nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because God forbid we ask whether or not we had anything to do with the animosity that led to that. Because that's just uh-huh. we can't even think about that. Not on network television, you can't. <laughs> I love HBO for giving him a show. That's all I'm saying. But um, I, I, I. I I don't believe people should be protected from everything, but I also don't believe people like Milo should be able to use Twitter as a target, as a targeted weapon. Because he has a right to free speech and so do all of his followers. But what about her right to, you know, not be barraged with attacks for no reason Mm -hmm. other than she exists and she's black? Yeah. I mean, and also Leslie Jones, really goddamn funny. And a testament to, one, women can have a career in acting and comedy after the age of 40, which, you know, just on the quality of her work and how goddamn funny she is, um, that, you know, she's not just as a black woman, but as a, a an older woman, period, being able to have the career she's having, I think, is tremendous and a great role model. Um, I... Um... Yeah, that whatever what happened to that one chick was just ridiculous. Oh, she's cloaked in the blood of oh, I saw a whole lot of very dramatic hyperbole. <clears throat> I like that Hillary Clinton murders people. That was her joke. Actually, and that's what, I know, but that wasn't um, what they were. That wasn't what started. <clears throat> no, it, they, how can you support Hillary? They were goading and goading and goading her. Well, because they they thought she was making a joke about how she's like you know bathed in the blood of you know children in the middle east and mm-hmm. i mean and it's the, just the 97 people she's had assassinated uh yeah there was the well i thought it was only 50 i don't know uh, i don't know I, i'm pretty sure that anything over zero which is the real real number is ridiculous well sure but they were not they didn't a lot of the comments at least that i saw that were critical of her they didn't take it as her making a joke about the body count. They believe that Hillary Clinton is, is factually and directly responsible for the deaths of millions of, you know, people in the Muslim world, Mm -hmm. children and women and yada, yada, yada. So they, they think she's a murderer, not because they think she killed Vince Foster they think she's a murderer because of her foreign policy. Oh, well, at least that's a more reasonable approach. Uh, not, hi, what? What? 
Uh, I can't say that as Secretary of State and that I have major qualms with the drone program that the Obama administration came up with. I don't have a problem with the drone program. Mm, Not, sometimes, it, sometimes it hits schools and hospitals. That kind of bugs me. Um, yes. We're also at war. No, we're not. Well, yeah, we kind of are. People die in conflicts. I'm not saying that it's Mm -hmm. not horrible. I'm not saying, you know, there's somehow this idea that less people would die if we did it in a different way. And that's factually not true. There would be, there's some way that we could protect our interests and our safety while also never hurting a civilian. That's what these guys want. And that, that's mm-hmm. a factually just ridiculous statement on its face. It's never going to happen. I, I just, I, I stand on the side of, I don't think we should be there in the first place. I don't think we have a lot of choice in the matter at the moment. We have this conversation a lot. <laughs> we don't have a lot of choice in the matter. I mean, what it, literally, what are we going to do? Just up and leave and like say whatever? You guys can do what you want? Well, are we going to go back into Afghanistan soon? Because Karzai is shaping up to be quite the little dictator. I don't think it has so much to do with uh, whether or not somebody's a dictator. I mean, I don't believe that George Bush wanted to go into Iraq the second time because he was so offended at how Saddam Hussein was treating his people. I don't think that had anything to do with it. No. So... I don't think the fact that somebody's a dictator is necessarily a reason that we're going to go do something. I, um, yeah, so Afghanistan, but... as long as he keeps it on lock and he doesn't go too far and he keeps shit in line, then no, we're not going to go back in. I mean, can we allow ISIS to, I mean, okay, if we hadn't had the drone program, which has resulted in them losing, what, like 74% of their land in the last, Mm -hmm. what, two years, okay? So say we hadn't have done that, and they kept the land that they had, and not just that, but they were gaining more. I mean, there is a real danger of, there was a very real danger of ISIS eventually pulling themselves into an actual state and not just, mm-hmm. you know, in charge of certain cities. Mm-hmm. Then we're in big trouble. We're in big, 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 big trouble. That's very dangerous to us. Mm-hmm. So what, we're supposed to just let that happen? Well, what what does that have to do with Yemen and Pakistan and places like that, though? Because those people plan, the people that we kill with the drone strikes, aside from collateral damage, uh, are the people that are part of the terror networks that plan attacks on the U.S. and Europe. It's not like Mm -hmm. those people are sitting there doing nothing. We've got two, we had two very real risks from ISIS, ISIS and Al-Qaeda, okay? Mm -hmm. The first risk being that ISIS managed to get its shit together enough to, like, take over all of Syria. Well, that mm-hmm. wasn't going to happen because of Assad. 
but take over all of Iraq. And that actually could have happened. And then we have a, like a literal war with a literal state mm-hmm. that wants to kill us and expand and, mm-hmm. and gain more land and destabilize the entire region. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was a very real risk that we had to be doing something about. Um, but the and, then second... we have, and then we have in Syria as well, some of the people we're giving arms to are turning around and doing the same thing ISIS is. Who? You didn't read the uh, report of how militants that we've given arms to have started uh, just targeting and killing Shias? Uh, well, that sucks. Yeah, so we we kind of did the whole. We, we're kind of doing the whole Afghanistan thing again. We're we're propping up the terrorists we like. What's your Which what's your other never ended What's well. your other solution though? Partner with aside Assad. From, aside from one that has demonstrably bitten us in the ass time and time again before. How do you know that the other option isn't going to demonstrably bite you in the ass? Well, I, I mean, that that would be my question. Like, I mean, everybody mm-hmm. always says, you know, like, well, we did this and this is what ended up happening. And it really comes from this place like we have oh so much power. And mm-hmm. what we do uh, obviously changes I, I, things there, but we're not in control. Well, that's the thing for me is maybe it's some humble admission of the fact that Maybe we can't do anything that results in a benefit. Um, that's that's what I mean. Maybe this is the Kobayashi Maru. Maybe it's just an unwinnable <laughs> situation. Yeah, but because, you don't know that if we did nothing, that it wouldn't be worse. You're right, because we haven't tried nothing. Uh, but but you know, our interventions into Iraq give rise to the Islamic State in Iraq. Uh-huh. Our interventions in Libya give rise to the Islamic State in Libya. Uh, our interventions... No, our interventions in Libya are not what gave rise to the Islamic State in Libya. I dispute it, that point. It didn't create a power vacuum into which a terrorist group flooded in? I don't in. think we did that. And I'll tell you why. The Arab Spring did that. The people in Libya... We're rising up against Gaddafi. The chances mm-hmm. that they would have successfully done that, even without our intervention, were pretty good. So I, I, I dispute that that necessarily was because we did something in Libya. So what we have is in, in one state, we didn't do much in Libya, and the Islamic State rises up. In another country, Iraq, we did a hell of a lot and the Islamic State rises up. So we have the same result, whether we do something or we don't do something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in the third option, you have the Islamic State in Syria rising up against a horrendous dictator as, you know, at least it's a different devil, and we're trying to do something. I just, it, if you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, Maybe just don't. <clears throat> because we cannot allow ISIS to to take over all of Iraq and, and be in a position to to have the resources of a country 
to, you know, keep going and take over the entire damn place. Unfortunately, it might be inevitable. Mm, No, I mean, they're almost completely destroyed at this point. Are you kidding me? In certain parts. Uh, in, in most parts. I mean, they have very little land. I mean, they have Raqqa and they have mm-hmm. Mosul. Mm-hmm. And Mosul is not going to be theirs for very much longer. Mm-hmm. So once they lose Mosul and then mm-hmm. we go to Raqqa, we, get, we root them out of Raqqa, they have no more infrastructure. And then we end terrorism once and for all? Obviously, that's not what I'm saying. You know. I mean, you I... and I both know that's not. The reason that there are more attacks now than there were previously is specifically because we've been so effective against them. I just, you know, and I think to how much we've done to royally screw up Central America... Oh, yeah, I agree with that statement. Um, I just, I I see our interventions have done much more harm than good in this world. That's what I see. I don't know that you can um, And our intervention, and Central America is demonstrably a real threat to the United States. The, the cartel wars in Mexico spilling over into the southern states is very, and it jeopardizes American lives. Well, if we didn't have the war on drugs, then we wouldn't have that entire giant mess. So, there's your solution right there. If we legalized all drugs, that would, you know. And if we end the war on terror, it would be interesting to see what happens. There's a lot of innocent people there that um, really, you know, I, I get really irritated at the people who, who give Hillary Clinton a whole lot of crap over, you know, deciding that we needed to intervene in Libya. And the reason why is because she chose to intervene in Libya because Gaddafi was going to kill mm-hmm. everyone. Like, well, literally she... was going to just go in and wipe every single person who was trying to rise up against him out. Well, the other thing, and let's, let's be real here, her role as Secretary of State was not to intervene, but was to make the case for intervention to the President and the Armed Forces. And that's what she did. Yes. Right. But I'm saying, you know, to say that she made the case to to intervene in Libya because she's a war hawk, which is like a lot of what the liberal criticism is, right? She just (laughs) likes killing brown people, something like that. Uh, That nothing would have – here's the thing that irritates me the most is when they say something as if nothing would have happened in Libya had we not gone in and done something in Libya Mm -hmm. and taken Gaddafi out. That's factually Mm -hmm. untrue. Well, and what I see is, unfortunately, I see a lot of butterfly effect. So when a butterfly beats its wings in Hawaii, it doesn't cause a tsunami in Japan. So the the problem I see, and just like we've talked about, is there's places we've done nothing in, and horrible things have happened. There's places we've acted in, 
and horrible things have happened. There is a minority of places, in my opinion, that we have acted in where things have turned out okay. Um, the jury's still out on Afghanistan at this point. The jury's still out on... Uh, God damn it. Uh, the, the Central European nations we... Yeah, Bosnia. We, uh, Bosnia, Yugoslavia, places like that. And well, interestingly, it's much better in that region of Central Europe when they allowed the states to be divided up on racial lines. Well, and they Why are we well to force Iraq to stay together. Kerry has let- said that. Kerry has said that. You know that we need to. They need to break up Iraq. Are you making pancakes? No, I'm making eggs because we're in this conversation for very long and I'm really hungry. Oh. So I, I feel like we're winding down soon, so I'm going to yeah. make the eggs so that I have the eggs when we get off the phone. Okay. See how that works? I see how that works. But I could do I, a cooking I, show for you. That's cool. I know how to cook. Aw. Okay. By the way, just again, because we're winding up, you, you do product plugs for me. One of the best kitchen gadgets I have gotten in a long time is the food saver. Really? And it has almost nothing to do with um, with making stuff last longer. When you marinate something in a food saver bag, it is so much more flavorful and so much more amazing. Ooh. It, and you can I have put to them tell in my husband. And, and it's like 50 bucks on Amazon, and the bags are cheaper than Ziploc bags. It... And other stuff, too, that's kind of cool, like you can seal up chip bags so that they don't go stale as fast. Yeah, that is nice. And cereal. Cereal, too, yeah. And uh, we use it on the dog food bag because we get, like, 50-pound bags, and, you know, she doesn't – and we just fill up a little tub. Yeah, that's how we do hers, too. But, no, the the marinades have been amazing. If you want some marinade recipes, I'll text you some. Ooh. You might have to order some ingredients off of Amazon because I don't know if you can get Indian spices. Um, can you get sriracha where you're at? Has sriracha made it to the south? Uh, can we get sriracha where we're at, honey? Probably. <laughs> might have to go to Nashville. <laughs> oh, no. Another night of debauchery for the Giesgang family. There's a great bar. Uh... Oh, it was. I like Nashville. Fabulous. Um, it was, you know, it's like a like a British bar, but mm-hmm. you know, in Nashville, and like so oh, they have you know Sid Vicious on the wall, and they had a Dalek, and like they had like all these different whiskeys, and they had like some great uh, beer on tap, and uh, they were playing punk rock, and it was just my kind of place. Yeah, it was very fun. There is, actually, there's a place in New York that would be right up your alley, the Reed Street Tavern. Just don't go there on Friday happy hour. Why? Bartenders get topless. Uh-oh. Why? Tips. Because it's right by Wall Street, so all the Wall Street guys are knocking off for the day, and they go into this tavern, and they have a really good, they have really good house-made beers there, so. Okay. Yeah. Like, if you like uh, Tom's Oyster Bar own beers, you'll like the Reed Street Tavern beers. Okay. But, yeah, not happy hour on a Friday. The bartenders take their tops off. I'm, Your husband might like it. I'm glad that you warned me. 
Some people I haven't warned, and uh, they've called me an asshole. Uh oh. <laughs> Were those uh, female people? Uh yes. Okay. No one I'm in a current intimate relationship with, though. Okay. Yeah, I didn't screw up my relationship with my wife by sending by clandestinely taking her to a booby bar. Oh, good God! She would have immediately gone into the New York Supreme Court and filed for divorce if we would have done that. <laughs> Aww. Aww. that's kind of funny though. <laughs> it's 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 funny because it's true. Oh. But yeah, totally. Pick up the food saver because you can marinate stuff and then throw it in the freezer. Too, which is really nice. Hmm, I like that option. It definitely uh-huh. cuts down on a lot of bullcrap. And then you just let it thaw out in the marinade, so it's been great. It, I made up this huge back of batch of chicken in a Mediterranean marinade, and it is so delicious and juicy. You need to send me that uh, Mediterranean marinade. And then steaks in. Hosin and sriracha and soy sauce. They are so tender and delicious, you would not believe. For for Memorial Day, I put together in, in my Mediterranean marinade a bunch of sirloin. And when I say a bunch, I had... A, it was basically an airline pillow-sized bag of meat. It was like eight pounds of steak. Oh, it was so good. Eight pounds of steak? There were 15 people coming over for Memorial Day. I think I was justified. Mm-hmm. Bill sounds a bit excessive. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we had some leftovers. <laughs> I don't think you were complaining. I wasn't. It Usually when we have a barbecue, that also becomes weekly food prep, too, so I usually make some extra just to have some chicken for the rest of the week. Nice. But, yeah, look into the food saver. It is great. You can probably find one cheap. On eBay, yeah. too. That's another one of those I like a soda stream. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. Mm, I'd rather spend more money than have to deal with those people. To be honest. But we're probably going to be getting a soda stream because I'm sick of the fact that it's a crime for me to throw away my empties. Um, it's not here, so you should move here. I. But the problem is, I'm not licensed to practice law in Tennessee. Okay. Because we throw our cans out all the time. I am a terrible, terrible liberal. Just saying. It is a they don't nice... make recycling very easy here. And by that I mean, like, you obviously you can't return the cans because there's no return on them. And okay. there's no it's... neighborhood recycling pickup. Because yeah. you're in a new housing development. You probably don't have no, all these contacts. they in. don't have it anywhere here. But that actually brings me to I think I want you to do some light research for next week okay I want you to come with your three favorite stupid ass crimes in Tennessee because in Michigan it's a it can be a 60-day misdemeanor to throw out a bottle return bottle no yes what's it called what's the law called it's called Goddamn stupid is what it's called. No, but I mean, so I don't know what, what what's the what's literal the tri- charge called? Um, unlawful disposal of a recyclable. How do they justify that being a criminal law? 
I don't know. Why is loitering in a public place a, crim- a crime in Michigan? No, loitering in a known narcotic area. No, no, loitering in a public place is a 180-day misdemeanor. My favorite is loitering in a known narcotic area. Yeah, that's fine. It's a ridiculous, 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 ridiculous charge. Why is nobody... It's, bas- it's basically the crime of being white at Seven and Van Dyke. Pretty much. Why has nobody challenged this loitering charge? It, well, for the main the main part, uh, one, uh, whenever I get it up, uh, I usually get it pled down to something civil. Right. But um, you know, the other one I do a lot of is illegal dumping. That's a, that's a six month misdemeanor to a two year felony. Really. Yep. Well, I mean, that makes sense, though. That it's a crime to have a leaky grease truck? Um, well, I mean, maybe it depends on how it's being administered. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, illegal dumping should be a criminal act. Well, but we're not talking about Mr. Burns stuff. We're talking about the valve got stuck on the truck. So it's not that the law itself is stupid. It's the application of the law in Michigan that you have a problem with. Well, I'm not saying that that dumping toxic waste in the Lake Michigan should not be punished criminally. I'm saying that that should not encompass the guy who's building com- on his rubbish truck. I completely them. agree with you. That's what, I, what I'm saying is it's not the law itself that you have an issue with. It's the way it's being used. No, I'm, the text of the law is what I have a problem with. It's it's the the these broad these broad laws that criminalize damn near everything. Well, that's Michigan for you. That's the United States. Oh, that's true. That's true. But Michigan is pretty bad. Yep, it's a crime to not have your license on you. It's a crime to not have insurance on you. It's a crime. That to not should have not be um, legal, by the way. All three-month misdemeanors, kids. Like not you having an ID. You can go to jail ID, for having expired tabs. Not having an ID should not be a crime. And yet, I deal with it on a daily basis. Oh, good God. Okay. But we have gone quite a bit over. Yes, we will yes. talk about our favorite stupid laws in next week. Okay. Sounds I good. I do, however, think I should maintain my right to own my wife's hair. Oh. <sighs> Okay, I'll let you have that one. Despite the fact that I do not care whatsoever what she does with her hair, even going full-on G.I. Jane, I don't care. Uh, Okay, (laughs) I'll let you have that one. You enjoy your eggs. I'm going to go mow the lawn and put up a uh, new clothesline. Uh, That sounds like fun. Enjoy yourself. It's Oh, God, has the heat broken by you yet? It's only 82 today. No, it's like 90 right now, but that's actually not... Oh, that's, be- that's better that's than it was. That's kind of normal here. I'd, I'd take 90, but oh, God, it was 70 degrees this morning. Oh. I went outside in my shorts, and I'm just like, ooh, it's a little chipper out here. I like it. Oh, I can't wait until that happens again. Okay, uh, well, I will talk to you later, and uh, thank you for being flexible this morning. Have fun, and good luck with uh, what we talked about earlier in the week. What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The emergency yes. call you gave me as yes. I was making dinner. We'll talk Tuesday. more about that later. I don't have any new info, but when I find out, I'll let you. Alrighty. All right. See you, Julia. Bye.